1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle, delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Taurus, Makers of the Raging Hunter Handgun. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Double Nickel Taxidermy. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Before joining Larry with today's episode, let's get a few words from Hayden Outdoors, the brand that sells land through our conservation today. When it comes to the choice of whether to graze cattle or not, it really kind of depends on what your long-term goals are. Cattle grazing as a whole is not bad unless it's totally overdone and you overgraze the property. But there is a little bit of good in that as well, too, because you remove a lot of the grass cover and then a lot of the weeds and the wildflowers can come up that have probably been there for a long time anyway. Whether you graze cattle or not, as I mentioned, comes long-term goals. If you're really interested in wildlife, you probably want to carry on a rotational grazing type system, or you may want to totally pull the cattle off of it for a while, such as I've done here on my place. I'm Larry Wysoon, and appreciate you being with us this morning on Conservation Today. Now on with today's episode. Welcome to another version of Campfire, DSC's Campfires. Today I've got Mr. Corey Mason, who is the CEO of DSC and also of the DSC Foundation. And then, of course, we have Mr. Tim Fallon, who is currently the president of the DSC Foundation, but who's also the president-elect of DSC. Gentlemen, welcome to the Campfire. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it. (laughs) It's my pleasure. And thank you. Where are we headed? This is a good opportunity for us to kind of have a little discussion about where DSC and DSC Foundation is, is headed in the future. We, we're coming from an absolutely fantastic 
time of, of having our conventions again. We thankfully made some money. The foundation has done well through the gala to where we've been able to fund some very important projects throughout the world here in North America, of course, as well, too. But where do you two guys, uh, y'all are kind of going to be the leadership along with the board of directors that follow. But uh, where do y'all see DSC and DSC Foundation going in the next year or so? You know, Larry, I appreciate that, and I'm, I'm very grateful for where I've uh, seen DSC grow as an organization. I had the privilege of joining DSC in September of 2017, so this essentially marks a five-year mark for right. me to be here at DSC, which has gone incredibly fast. Uh, but what I've seen DSC, what I knew of DSC as the person off the street that attended this amazing convention, bought Hunsat and whatever binoculars and all that kind of good stuff at, now I've had the privilege of being a part of now, and it's been really great to see the growth of DSC really as what I'm going to call the preeminent international organization, conservation organization specifically, that is funded by hunters. And the importance of that is because DSC has been leading the way as a hunter-based organization to show what organizations should and could look like from a conservation standpoint. By that I mean action from a political standpoint and action from a CITES standpoint, but leading by example, shedding those things that do not reflect conservation, sustainable use, legal regulated hunting, and showing the hunter's role in conservation, but doing so with a complete, very finite focus on conservation practices. And the foundation has done a beautiful job of prioritizing conservation dollars through grants to fund conservation projects that just affirms DSC and DSC's really principle on conservation through hunting as well. Tim? Well, that was well said. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really hard, well said. I'm asking you to follow up on something that I don't know that can be approved of. Once honest, again, but... I'm glad you went first. Uh, well, Larry, you know full well what I do for a living. I mean, I, I've spent the last many years of my life helping hunters to become their best and their most ethical, to be the best conservationists they can be. Yes, you know, sir. Not, not taking crazy, stupid shots at animals. And uh, You know, at the end of the day, um, hunting is conservation, and conservation is, is accomplished by hunting. You have to manage the herds. With the world's population growing to now to peaking at, at 8 billion people, land loss and so forth is just, and food consumption is out of control. You know, it's it's a proven fact where you remove hunting, the animals go away. No Just, doubt. Let's talk about the great Kenya experience. That's all you need to say. Um, or experiment, I should say. Um, and I have, I've reached a point, oh, I don't know, four or five years ago, where I made a statement in front of a friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours. I said, you know, I'm literally willing to spend the rest of my life devoted to conservation. And he said, yeah. About a year later, he called me up and he said, well, here's your opportunity. I want you to become a part of the foundation at DSC. And I thought, okay, I guess I better right. put my money where my mouth Amen. is, right? So, and I have been overwhelmed, I mean, bowled over with how well run this organization is and that its simple-minded focus of conservation. And to Corey's point, we have slowly been shedding the things that don't get us to the conservation mission that we're all about. And and so we're so focused, you know, between advocacy, education, and conservation, our three missions. Um, and just, I've, I've loved getting involved with it, dealing with the folks, working with the public, um, helping people understand what happens when you remove hunting 
from the conservation cycle. The animals disappear, they're gone. Uh, there's so many, there's thousands of proven cases of that. Well, I happen to also be a rancher, so I understand the importance of the full management cycle. And um, I have absolutely had a ball, and I'm so excited about the direction we're going with conservation. I, I jokingly tell everybody, conservation, 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 and, and, and funded by hunters, because that's exactly what DSC is, and it's awesome to be here. DSC has done an absolutely fantastic job in so many different arenas when you get right down to it. Uh, we recently added, let's talk a little bit about uh, politics, if you will, but we've recently added Miss Erica Turgeson as a full-time lobbyist for DSC. And I had the opportunity to spend a little time around her and, of course, been able to have her on the podcast, and we'll have her on again here probably in about two, three weeks at the longest. That's a great step forward. Yeah, it is, Larry. It's done a lot of things. Number one, to have that full-time presence in Washington, D.C. that has a complete understanding of sustainable use, the benefits of legal regulated hunting, but to have someone there that is supporting game and fish agencies, that is supporting the Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies, that is being an active voice in Washington, D.C., that is supporting game and fish agencies oftentimes because they simply can't. They can't have an active right. voice in politics. Right. Rather, they need a conservation organization like DSC it firmly and completely understands the hunter's role in conservation and celebrates it and participates in it. I mean, I'm going with my daughter hunting and antelope hunting in a couple of weeks, and I just cannot wait for the calendar to get to that point in Amen. time. But we are conservationists full and full. But to have someone in Washington, D.C. that has taken that message forward from all fronts, and her presence in Washington, D.C. has been absolutely big for hunters that will never have any idea that DSC yeah. has a person there that's working on their behalf. Yeah. And that's great. We're focused on the end result, not the credit anyway. So. Amen. That's one of the things I've always appreciated about DSC. And you're right. It's about getting the job done, not the that's credit. It. That's exactly right. And that's the way that this organization has worked. It's not about the headline. It's about the result. And we have become very respected because of that. Absolutely. There, there are changes coming, no doubt. I mean, we live in a changing world. And, and if you don't adapt, you're behind. Yep. And it's sometimes it's easy to be left behind because you're so ingrained in how things have been done in the past rather than looking to the future. So, Tim, as, as the incoming president, as the president-elect, what do you anticipate and how do you get people more involved? How, what, what are your intentions? No doubt you'll want more people involved. Ooh, well, that's a, that's a multi-pronged question with, with lots of answers. It is. <laughs> but engagement, um, helping people to understand what conservation truly is, and all that goes with it, uh, I think that brings a lot more involvement from the outside world. It's interesting. I just got an email this morning. In fact, I forwarded it on to Corey from a lady from Zambia who was an extreme anti-hunter. I mean, I've actually heard of the lady. Right. And she happened to spend two weeks in a hunting conservation, um, uh, conservation, a... Uh, conservatory? A, 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 not a conservatory, but a concession. A concession, right. In Zambia. Okay. And about three days into this, this, she wasn't on a hunt. She was observing, actually. Take, actually, she was taking animal quotas and, and, you know, trying to get inventories and, okay, what's the real story here? Right. And about the third or fourth day into the hunt, she began to realize that, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Ten years ago, there was nothing here. It had been completely poached out. The government turned it into a concession. It was bought by a very philanthropic, right-minded, forward-thinking guy who eliminated the poaching best he could which is not easy no. and sometimes very life-threatening. Yes. 
um, considering we've just lost some park rangers and other hunters killed by poachers here recently. Um, and the rebound of these animals, I mean, just bolt her over. Today she wants to start in, um, it's a really interesting process. She wants to start kind of a photographic end hunting safari in this concession in Zambia to kind of promote the, the real story. It's kind of like Mark Haldane's place in, in Mozambique. When he, got, when he got the place in the 90s, it had 250 buffalo on it. Today there's over 15,000, and he hunts. And it's, what, it's how he makes, you know, pays for the, the area and help the, the local people, and he hired all the poachers to be his trackers. And, I mean, the success story is unbelievable. And there's thousands of these cases. So you get more success stories like that, and you help people understand the real message of conservation and the good it does to help preserve our wildlife. I think you just naturally, osmosisly, get more people to follow on and join in and I think if you shed yourself of these, <laughs> at one time, oh boy, here I go, Corey. Um, here I jump go. on in yeah, with yeah. both feet. Too. I'm going to jump in with both feet. If you get rid of some of these distractions, if you will, and, and in the old days, you know, I get it. You know, you remember your grandfather and my grandfather, dad, and so forth back in the 20s, 30s, you were in the deer camp, and there were seven deer hanging on a pole, you know, hanging upside down. They were skinning them out, and... You know, the world just, I remember when my dad drove down a little town in Minnesota with a deer strap in the front of his pickup truck, and everybody's applauding, hey, well yes, done. He goes you know. through town, yes, Well, right. those days are way gone. Right. And I get it. I mean, nobody wants to see a picture or a film of an abattoir either, right? I wouldn't want to see that, and I'm a hunter. But um, you have to, I think we have to learn to be a little more sensitive and change with the times and, and help people understand, you know, watch your social media posts because there's insane things that go on there. And that turns into a, an absolute nightmare. And I think if we shed ourselves slowly of of, uh, of these less conservation-minded awards and other things, I think it's just going to do us. I know the hunting organizations around the world will applaud us for doing it. I think that's right. And then we step into, like we have done, you shed yourself of those kind of things, and yet at the same time, we really enforce the conservation focus and things like the new award that DSC has <clears throat> excuse me, has promoted the Conservation Trailblazer Award. Absolutely. That recognize, recognizes the outstanding contributions of wildlife professionals. And we've had some tremendous winners. Clay Brewer, Casey Stemler, you know, that are work from migration corridors to desert bighorn sheep and bighorn sheep in the western U.S. and New Mexico and recognizing their accomplishments on a national scale and the contribution specifically to wildlife conservation. And on another front, it's less seen, but DSC created another award that further emphasizes the hunter's role in conservation with what we call the best conservation display. Now what that means is at convention we have roughly a thousand exhibitors in the room and the way that they promote themselves to all the people that walk in that hall, the 30 plus thousand people, and the way that they reflect what they do, what they participate in, and how that impacts conservation. And so we are acknowledging that by graphically and visually how do they demonstrate conservation and what they do and it's been a wonderfully received award in fact we're partnering with our friend Shane Mahoney and conservations in this and last year while I go Tim mentioned Mark Haldane well last year Mark Haldane was our first winner right and a beautiful display of what he's done in Mozambique to show the hunter's active presence and the absolute incredible conservation success story there in his Katata unit that he works in and so he visualized that in a way that if you see it and you understand the experience there in Mozambique. And so some of those kinds of things that really quickly recognize and acknowledge a conservation practice and those other things that are less 
you know, that don't speak to that, we really don't have time and place for that now. This organization is moving forward in that direction. It's one of those things we talked about a little bit earlier. You have to learn to adapt. You have to change yep. sometimes. And to me, the change that you're talking about, we talked off camera, if you will, a little bit about some of these things. And I want to come back to some of the things we talked about earlier. But you're right. We, we have to make changes. And if we expect to be around in the future, I want my, I've got a great-grandson now. And I want that great-grandson to have some of the opportunities that I did when it comes to the outdoors. And if we don't do something now... It ain't going to happen. That's it. I'm dedicated in everything that I do every single day to make sure that my daughter that's 13 years old has all the opportunities, experiences that she chooses to participate in, Absolutely, whatever yes. that might be into the right. future. And Tim can validate. She and I sit right beside each other on a gun, and she's a lot better shot than I am. Well, I got to see that, too, and you're right. I hate to say that, Corey, but she is. So the opportunities to ensure that in you know 10 years, 20 years, if she wants to go hunt a bull elk or whatever that might be on her own at that point in time, that... We've done everything that we can do as an organization here at DSC and DSC Foundation to ensure the conservation of those ecosystems as well as those animals. Amen. Amen. We talked off camera a while ago a little bit about terms, different terms that have been battered around for a long, long time. And two that come to mind that are have the wrong connotation these days as far as I'm concerned. And we got to address this somehow or another. But one is trophy and the other is safari. Both those terms at one time really meant something truly worthwhile and from our perspective, but now they mean something really bad from a lot of people's perspective. Do we change those terms? Do we look for something to replace them with? Do we educate people what those terms really truly mean? Where do we go from that? We're in an ideal situation here with DSC with the presence that we have worldwide to make some changes if changes are to be made. Well, I'll touch on the <clears throat> the trophy term quickly. You know, that when you look at the history of the Tome Trophy, it was a very pure derivation of really what was reflected of a mature animal, right. what trophy meant. A mature animal uh, that was taken, and in the sense of the purest sense of an appreciation of the animal and everything about that animal, from the meat uh, to the antlers, if it was certainly a male animal, to all of that. Well, unfortunately, modern-day media and the anti-hunting uh, community as well has weaponized that word yes. against us, and I don't think there is a returning back to the the principle of that word. I think it's been so grabbed by the media in a negative context that any time the word trophy is used, and you can see it even outside of the hunting community oh, yeah. used to label other things um, as a word that means a negative context, and it means something that's like an abused word, if you will, or an abused practice that's done to the detriment of wildlife rather than to the benefit of wildlife. So. I don't know that that word can be reclaimed in a way that it can be sort of repositioned again. Uh, so it, it has definitely been weaponized by the media, that's for sure. Yeah, to me, the term trophy had nothing to do with the size of the animal. It has never had anything. It had to do with the size of the experience of everything involved in that hunt. And regardless of the size of the animal, in terms of antlers or horn or body weight, it was a trophy for me. Yep. And I hunted with... Tim Fallon quite a bit. We've hunted worldwide. And one of the things I always appreciated about Tim and all the places we hunted, and Tim, you like, you, you love hunting. There's no question. And you, you bring back those animals, and they're mounted so that people can see them. But it, you never look for the biggest animal. 
you were looking very much like me, which I truly, truly appreciate. You were looking for a mature animal that was a good representative species that probably, for the most part, had done whatever biological function it had within that herd had accomplished that. Right. Yeah, it's, I've never even had an animal scored, Larry. I, I know. I, I, don't, I don't care. And it, yeah, or measured. We never even measured anything. And, and I'm we glad you, you said that because someone might ask, well, how can I... How can I be against the word trophy? Well, I am because of Corey's reasons, because they weaponized it. But those animals in my lodge are really a memory for me of my hunt, my experience. And look, I hunt for the experience and the memory, and of course, the conservation reasons. I love contributing to conservation around the world. But, um, you know, you you mentioned the word safari, and that's, that's an interesting one, too, because the true meaning of the word is adventure. Absolutely, yeah. And you can go on a pronghorn hunt out in New Mexico, and that's still a safari. Or so, look for, you can go in the backyard and look for absolutely, butterflies. Absolutely. And it can be a backyard safari. Absolutely. It's about the experience and the, the adventure and the memories get thereby gained. But, um, no, Corey's exactly right. They, unfortunately, they've weaponized it, and I think um, what we need to— the, the, one of the problems I have with the word trophy— in the anti's defense is for a trophy or an award to be given, there has to be a competition. And I'm sorry, but the C word competition and the C word conservation aren't even on the same planet, let alone the same playbook. It's just not possible. There's one of my issues with it. Right, right. So that's something we can change. That is something we can, can change in discussions that we're having right now as to what that looks like. You know, DSC has a very small and minimal what I would call like a trophy awards aspect of the organization. It's very small. It's never been any, a big part of no, who DSC it is. Not. It's not at all, so I don't want to misnomer that at all. But it is something that we are critically looking at as we go forward as an organization is does it have a place in our organization from a competition standpoint rather than focus on the memories of the hunt and all of those personal experiences and the journeys and the safari and the adventure, etc., cetera, uh, versus our focus on conservation and celebrating the hunter's role in conservation. Absolutely. Having served on the trophy committee here for DSC for the last numerous years, I never looked at the score. What I wanted to see is I wanted to see the write-up mm-hmm. of their description of their hunt, you know, how difficult it was, some of the things that they encountered, what made that hunt special. That's what I judged what was going to be the trophy kind of thing more than, than the score type of thing. Uh, Corey, you're a wildlife biologist. I'm a wildlife biologist. You're a landowner who manages wildlife on your properties, and I know that on those places sometimes we do we do score animals. Absolutely. And to me, the importance of scoring is is I want to look at from year to year to year. I want to see what the two and a half year old deer or five and a half whatever that whatever that animal is. What it, how does it weigh in body weight? How does it look in terms of horns or antlers? And I want to compare that from year to year. And when I do that, then I can see am I doing the right things to the habitat? Because if I'm doing that animal right in terms of producing a really good quality habitat, then his antlers, his horns, his body weight, his or hers should be a little bit better every year. Absolutely. It's an incredibly important tool in the conservation of those species to understand the pros and the cons of success or lack of success from a conservation and management program 100%. It's an important metric from growth, uh, body weights, lactation, right. all of those kind of things are really important from a management standpoint. Um, and I think the important take home of that as well is, but it's not, but the, the score that's on that sheet doesn't define the personal experience that no. occurred in that adventure. No. Or it doesn't define, 
that you had a different level of hunt by taking an X measurement animal than the X measurement of animal that I did. It doesn't mean you had a better hunt or a lesser hunt than I did. Rather, it it gives us indication of that animal and the conservation practices associated with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know through uh, uh, TWA, Texas Wildlife Association, we also very much involved there with the the a trophy score not a trophy thing but a scoring every year for some of the better animals taken but it's more about the animals and it's more about the landowner yep. or the manager who produced that animal rather than the individual that just happened to be at the right place and pull the trigger at the right time well the, specifically the texas big game Awards program is a great example of that absolutely right? and that's have, what i was addressing absolutely yes. the acknowledgement of the animal uh and the acknowledgement of the landowner that was the steward of that animal and associated habitat practices that, you know, that was obviously a major contributing factor to the result of that animal. It's also recognizing the hunter got to be a part of that. That, But I love that the way that that yes. story comes together in that manner. Yeah, when that was set up, that was one of the reasons that we set it up the way that we did. It, it, uh, we were talking earlier before we started this thing, and I've been very fortunate enough. I've taken several what would be Booty Crockett animals in terms of antler skull size. Sure. I put three of them in the book, and to me, I could care less whether my name is there. To me, it's about that animal, honoring that individual animal. They can pull my name off, and it, it just tickled me no end. So, uh, so I think it's important that we do score animals sometimes if it's for the right reasons. And when it comes to having to do with management and management being part of conservation, you know, then, yeah, there is a reason to. But do we need to have a competition as to who's the, got the biggest antlers? Mm. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a, I'm a proud Boone and Crockett measure, have been for a long time. Oh, yes, and, sir. And which results in having the privilege of getting to, you know, put my hands on a lot of beautiful animals, schools, antlers, whatever it might be. Um, and uh, and then getting to share the stories with the hunter that was, you know, participated in that hunt and took that incredible animal. Um, and that system essentially that, that acknowledges that this animal is an exceptional animal for what it is uh, and also the role of conservation in that. Um but the beautiful part about that is that's not a competition between hunters. Exactly, exactly. So we're on the road to changing it. What else can we do? And we want to come back to the safari thing too. Is there another term that we can use or do we reinvent that term as, as best we can? Well, I think to the what else can we do, it's just it's continuing to communicate the hunter's role in conservation and very visibly acknowledging that DSC is an international conservation organization funded by hunters and that was the, that's the path that we are going down and going forward and it has been affirmed by DSC membership by accolade by affirmation by support through sponsorship by support through convention attendance support of our organization through membership i mean the support that we have on the path that DSC as an organization is is largely affirmed by people that just simply want to be part of this organization. So Amen. I'm very proud of that direction. Absolutely. Jim? Oh, I, I mirror exactly what Corey just said. You know, back to the the scoring system. I mean, as a, as a landowner, we measure the animal, every animal harvested uh, annually, and we keep very meticulous records about that. And we use body weight and antler size to ensure that we haven't provided the environment to best suit the animal's genetic potential. I mean, it's that simple. And so, you know, we don't we don't have a contest of the biggest one of the year. I mean, that's a personal experience. And I, I would rather, and it kind of ties into the word safari as well, I'd rather see memories from the field from our members that 
tell the story, they take the picture, you know, the short story and a picture, and, and you don't give a winner out of there. There's no winner. Everybody's experience is their experience. And that's my, my issue, kind of jumped sub subject here, is a little bit about the social media. That's why I don't post anything on social media, because I don't want people to think I'm bragging. It's not about, you know, the experience, hey, I was in Africa and had a fabulous experience. Mm, done. You don't need to show pictures of dead animals and so on and so forth. That's your memory. You, Larry, how many times have you been to the lodge? Probably a hundred? Yet least. A lot. A <laughs> lot. Have you ever heard me tell a hunting story? No, I'll just say if somebody asks, I'll say, well, that was Uganda, this was Tanzania, this was, you know, where Kyrgyzstan or wherever it was. And it, that's all people need to hear. I mean, it, you know, I don't need to tell them how tough it was. And I just say I had a great, fabulous time and yet yeah, kicked my butt. And it did. <laughs> and it but, did. But... What an experience. I'd go do it again in a minute. Absolutely. I remember a couple of hunts you and I were on where we did not take anything. We got our butts kicked. Yep, right. <laughs> it, but it was still an absolutely fantastic trip. At the end of the day, the one story I do tell commonly, uh, my favorite hunt of my entire life, people ask all the time, so I've been on a lot of them, is a 26-day elephant hunt in Namibia for one elephant. We saw him on day two, and I hunted that sucker for 25 more days and never fired a shot. Never fired a shot. We walked over 260 miles wow. in, in that 26 days, and it was the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> Talk about awesome. a mind game. Yes. I mean, there were lots of times I'm thinking, <laughs> what in the world am I doing here? Sweating, and I look like I've been through a, a meat cutter, you know, thorn bushes and everything else. But it was absolutely a fabulous experience. And that's what people need to understand. It's not about the kill. It's about the experience and your personal experience and the the good you're doing for conservation and 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 the friends you make along the way and and the new the new people you meet and the new you know uh, societies you're living in and customs of different people and it's just uh, it's it makes me speechless it's unbelievable one of these days i'm gonna make you break that what you just said because i remember a hunt in alaska in Benin and uh let's Burkina see kurdistan Faso, that Faso, uh, Uganda, yeah burkina faso or we need to tell sweden norway yeah, yeah. but no, i'm talking about those that were really oh, interesting yeah. i mean at times almost life-threatening kind of yeah, thing but yeah. uh, and again, the older I have mounts, and I, I'll see the mount of some of those animals that you have that well, I was on the same trip. And I can remember every detail you of bet. it. I mean, it, to me, that's that's the reason you honor the animal, but it's also to help us to recall when you do have a mount on the wall. So if somebody asked me, it, 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 that's the reason I have mounts, is, is to honor that animal and to help me recall everything. So That's beautiful, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. We need to tell those stories one of these days because that that that's a campfire for each one I'd of like us. Like to hear them. <laughs> I think you would. I think you would appreciate them, Corp. I know I would. Where else do we need to head with with the? Or where else do you see DSC heading in the next year? And next year, to me, is setting the stage for a lot of different things that we'll be headed to in the future. I think one of the things that needs to be recognized is the coupling of DSC and the DSC Foundation, and the great strategy and purpose that DSC Foundation over the last several years has had on very mission-focused activities. If it doesn't fall within the mission, there's really not a time and place for it, and the Foundation's great focus and priorities from a granting standpoint. So granting will be occurring in the next few weeks from a DSC Foundation standpoint, and the critical allocation of those dollars uh, from a global standpoint as to where they go to very specifically fulfill the conservation ed education tenets of the Foundation. Uh, are critically important. And so what those activities of the foundation really build the DSC brand and fulfillment of the mission. And so 
the growth of the foundation has been very tremendous and it needs to be acknowledged because it's the uh, foundation's done an amazing job it's been fun it's been fun it's come a long way in a relatively short period of time thanks to the leadership of guys well, like you've been a big part of that larry rush yeah. well we all have yeah. we we've got the as far as i'm sorry the best group we've ever that could ever exist as far as I'm concerned. It's a tremendous working But that also brings up another point. We, we talked about this earlier in another conservation cost. And for us to accomplish what we're even hoping to come close to done, there's got to be dollars involved. And there are ways that the public and anybody that, you don't have to be a hunter, you don't have to be a fisherman, you just, if you're just somebody <coughs> that loves the outdoors, that they can contribute. Absolutely. So, you know, just we were around the clock just a couple of months in the June gala that the foundation held, you know. We right. had several hundred people in the room that very generously supported the mission of DSE through the foundation, you know, raised critical dollars that will be used in mission fulfillment through grants in the very upcoming future, like I just mentioned. There's ways to plug in there and support that, ways to attend the DSC convention and support our exhibitor partners that support DSC, support auctions there, and direct financial contributions through through the DSC or to the DSC Foundation through our, uh, through many mechanisms, uh, specifically through our director of development, through anybody on the board, through me, all those kind of things. And we have been the great beneficiary of some very philanthropically generous individuals that have chosen to support DSC, some one-time giving, some really large continuous giving. And any and all of that is relevant, you know, from 20 bucks to $200,000. And we've received everything within that range from individuals. And so those kinds of ways that people can direct where those dollars go or they can send them to the foundation and say use these where best meet the most critical needs and all of those things they can contribute towards the endowment many many things like that that contribute to the mission of dsc and the foundation and there's some very great givers some of those have a lot of money that they can give and then there's some people who don't really have a whole lot of money but they give and to me Absolutely. both those are really important i mean somebody may be barely getting by but if they contribute ten dollars that ten dollars may take away from a meal or two that they've had or that they could have had everything kind of makes thing. a so difference to me it's so very important that everybody but also to recognize everybody that does give for for conservation that's it and we try to acknowledge that from the sense of you know bringing Amen. people to events acknowledge what they're doing keeping them informed of where those dollars are going how they're being put in practice and we have that accountability that is due then to those generous individuals that choose to support the foundation uh, philanthropically and so yes absolutely anybody would like to consider that or maybe better understand the types of projects that we're supporting we'd love to have that opportunity to follow up with them Absolutely, and uh, Brian Feenhold is our Director of Development both for DSC and DSC Foundation, and we've done several things with him, and again, we'll have him on for too very long, but he is also an excellent contact in all this that can explain where the money goes and ways that you can contribute, because uh, maybe, you've, maybe you've got some product that you would like to contribute that would do well in an auction, either for DSC, DSC Chapter, or DSC Foundation, or a service that you'd like to contribute. That's a great way to get involved as well, too. It is, and we've had people that you know that have you know uh, written DSC in a will from life insurance yes. standpoint uh, to people that have given us a property upon their death and everything in between. And so people have been very creative in their opportunity to be generous with us, and we can discuss all of those options with anybody. Let's close this thing down for right now. I need to get the road. We're going to Oklahoma just a little bit and uh, to, for the DSC chapter up there. DSC, DSC website is biggame.org, B-I-G-G-A-M-E dot O-R-G. And, of course, the foundation is DSCF 
org. So great ways to get in touch. And there, if you don't mind, give the phone number for DSC office as well, too. Absolutely. That's 972-980-9800. And I'll try to post that a few other places as well, too. Gentlemen, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. And there's a long road ahead and a hard road ahead, but I can't see two better gentlemen I'd rather have leading the pack. So thank you all very much, and hopefully everybody will join us right back here around the campfire next week. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfires. DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by The Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas, H3 Whitetail Solutions, Remington, Texas Wildlife Association, TRHP Outdoors. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.